And welcome to Being Community Radio. My name is Oria, and I'm here to remind you who you are, who we are. Being community is about belonging, about community behavior, community connections, human beings acknowledging our connection to one another, human beings acknowledging our connection to where we come from. We all have a mother and a father. We all come from the same place, the same source. We have all started from the same thing, the same little dot that started everything and everything in this universe. We've gone a long way. We've gone a long way. So busy in creating, so busy trying to remember, or shall we say, trying to forget from the pain and hurt and the trauma that it is time, it is really time for us humans to acknowledge, to acknowledge our divinity, to acknowledge our connection, to acknowledge our inherent gifts, our purpose, our vision, which is ultimately, ultimately to stop wrestling with our divinity, to stop wrestling with our own divinity. Feel into that. How true is that for you? How true is that for you? How much do you know deep inside that you do create your reality, or at least co-create? How much of you knows on a, sub- on a such profound level that your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions have so much more power than your actions and your decisions? Your actions and your decisions come after your thoughts, come after your imagination, come through your feelings. You know that. You know that on a very deep level. You know that you are the observer of your own life. You know that you are the manifester of your own life. You know that you are constantly dancing with your own reality-making skills. And yet, you're also aware that you are wrestling with it. Our disease, our hurt, our pains, our suffering, our adversity is a pure sign of our continuous wrestling with our own godliness. Feel it. You can feel it in your neck. You can feel it in your back. You can feel it in your body. You can feel it in your head. You can feel it in your heart. This ongoing wrestling. Wrestling feels like the right word to me today. Wrestling is literally through and with your body. You don't wrestle with your head. Maybe a little tactic here and there. But most of the wrestling is through your physical body. And if you look at the world outside, if you look at the mirror, if you look at what is going on in our current structure, in our current society, you can see a whole bunch of tired, defeated wrestlers. We are all really, truly, truly tired of wrestling with who? With our own power with the acknowledgement of our own magnificence. It's the ultimate growing up. It's the ultimate maturity. It's the ultimate enlightenment to have compassion for ourselves for all these years of wrestling, to have compassion for ourselves for all these years of ignoring, defeating, literally hurting ourselves just to feel something but not to feel the main angst which is a fear that we're not going to utilize our powers, we're not going to potentialize our own creative abilities. I know you can feel that. I know you can feel that. I meet with many people these days as a spiritual teacher and a guide. I've worked with over 500 people over the past four years, and if there's one thing in common, there's one thing in common deep inside we all want to do greater and better we all know that we're here because we can contribute and we do contribute with our own imagination with what's fun for us with what is naturally naturally flowing for us and yet we are afraid that we're not good enough we are afraid that we won't have enough strength we won't have enough support we won't have enough power which is ultimately the mind's way of wrestling you down, wrestling you down so you do not take action, so you feel stuck. Imagination is really 
really the ultimate tool. Imagination is how we do connect to life. Imagination is how and what brings us here. There's a dance of our thoughts and imagination. You may not know exactly the difference, and yet there's a part of you that does. You know the difference between channeling and allowing things to flow through, then making things up, then protecting yourself, then being stuck in pain, remembering who you are, which is my ultimate goal, which is my ultimate mission and vision for myself and for you to remember, literally to connect, to have the connection again with life, to have the connection with your godliness, with your divinity. In other words, to stop wrestling, to surrender, to surrender to what life has in store for you every day, every time you wake up, to surrender to your actual dreams, to surrender to life's fantasies through you, to let go. And that is the art of these days. It takes a lot of perseverance, a lot of support, and a lot of spiritual and mental and emotional wisdom to be able to let go and surrender. This show we were titling Trusting the Adversity because adversity, hard times, failures, depression, all of the forms that make you feel unsuccessful, less than, not on point, not on track, like a failure, and even worse, they're truly life's autocorrect feature. When you're depressed, when you're sick, when you feel like a failure, when you're going through adversity, it is a gift and you know it. You hear about it and you wish you never encounter it when you listen to it right now or when you read about it in a book or in church or in synagogue. And yet you know that life really is about that wrestling. Life does have an autocorrect feature that shows you you're on the wrong track you're doing the wrong thing. You're focused on the wrong activities in your life. And when you don't pay attention, when you keep going for the money, you keep going for the fame, you keep going for being right, you keep going for the picture-perfect family, you keep going for whatever it is that your father and mother taught you or against everything your mother and father taught you, whatever it is, when you're not on track, when you're not living your purpose, which is ultimately being open and compassionate and surrendering to life's intelligence, that's when life's autocorrect feature kicks in. That's when you experience adversity. That's when you experience failure. That's when you experience shame, ridicule. Pay attention to it. Learn to embrace it. Learn to love it and have compassion for hard times. Pay attention to literally what it would feel like for you to acknowledge life's autocorrect feature in your experience of this unfolding of your reality. Your phone has an autocorrect feature, you all know it. You type a word and it fixes it automatically. You don't ask it. You don't say, hmm, I wish it would do that. You just accept it. Your adversity, your hard times... Your deep depression is nothing more than that. It's life showing you, hey, we got better plans for you. We got bigger plans for you. You are needed somewhere else. You are wanted somewhere else. Your value isn't here. And you can fight it. You can force it with drugs, with alcohol. You can force your feelings with numbing it in many different ways. Sex, the wrong friends, the wrong community, the wrong job. But you know that the longer you wrestle, the more tired you get. The longer you wrestle, the, the harder the feeling of defeat becomes the primary experience of your life. And the older we get, let's face it, if we don't continuously take care of ourselves, if we don't surrender to the life we ought to have, if we don't pay attention to the relationships that are inviting us and empowering us and supporting us, the more time goes on, the more we wrestle, the more fatigue we experience, the more defeated we are. It's important 
you can always start from here. You can always pay attention and say, I am tired of wrestling. I'm tired of wrestling myself. I'm tired of wrestling my own divinity. I give up. You win. Use me. Take me. Be with me. Flow through me. Let my words be your channel. Let me channel your words, life, God. Whatever you call the divinity in your life, whatever relationship you have to the unknown, to the mystery, whatever relationships you have to the idea of miracles and blessings and fortunes, that is the projector, that is literally the relationship that allows for your blessings to unfold. Pay attention, pay attention. <sighs> I was a wrestler in high school, personally. It's the only sport I ever did. Uh, I wasn't comfortable with team sports back then. It was too embarrassing. It was too, too many people relying on me. I was much more comfortable with the one-on-one. -on -one. And I remember the reason, too. As on one-on-one, -on -one, I always knew that if I lose, there's going to be another half of the room that's going to be really happy for the winner. I knew that if I lose, at least his family would be proud of him. And it was very easy for me to go into those matches and knowing that one of us will win. And that was a very comforting feeling that no matter what, there's going to be people here in this in the gym, I guess it was always in the gym. Because uh, I used to travel, we used to go in different tournaments. I used to come from Atlanta to New York just to go in tournaments. And I remember my entire family there and I got second place. And quite frankly, I was in the whole region. I was really surprised because I was really not very disciplined. I never went, I never used to work out or come to training. I did go purely on blitz mode. If I didn't win in the first round, I wouldn't win at all. All of that to say that I have a real, real understanding and experience of wrestling and it just feels now at 36 20 years after my year as a wrestler i can feel that consciousness wise mentally spiritually emotionally we have i have literally been wrestling with my own divinity literally been wrestling with knowing that i can create a better life for myself i know what to do I actually know exactly what to do. And yet we find ourselves wrestling and wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. Letting go. And we're on, speaking of letting go and surrendering, letting go of the, uh, well, embracing the wrestler and letting go of the fight, uh. letting go of the ongoing fight, because there is a deep fear within each one of us that we're not that great, and we're not, oh, even worse, that we're defective, that our magical powers have been affected by our lack of love from our parents from maybe abuse we suffered or trauma we've been through and deep inside we all we all maybe not all but so many of us have this gnawing fear that we know we know we can create our reality we know that our thoughts do create our future and but we feel like we have been treated unfairly we have had such experiences that have caused us I know so many people who go and seek medication and seek help because they think that there is something wrong with them. There's something wrong with our divinity. And that continuous wrestling actually just gets numbed down by medications, by pharmaceuticals, by alcohol, by 
whatever recreational usage of drugs people have because we are tired of the wrestling. But I think, and I know, that a new way to look at all of that is to embrace, embrace our divinity, acknowledge that we know we can make a big difference and we do create our life on purpose. And stopping the wrestling will take some time. Stopping the wrestling will take some support. Right. So, I mean, that's the thing is that if you've been wrestling, you know, your whole life, you can't just say, okay, that's it. I'm going to stop because it's become a habit. How do you unwind that habit? How do you, you know, begin to uh, stop wrestling and, and evolve it into something that serves you? Well, recognition of the pattern is the beginning of the, of the healing. I think that if this is a fairly new concept for you, I mean, sure, it reminds you of a very ancient one. But if the idea of wrestling with your divinity, literally like just you and you saying, I'm, I'm going to hold you down. I'm not going to allow you to flourish. I'm not going to allow you to bloom. I'm too scared to take the risk. I'm too scared to risk it all and channel I'm too scared to risk it all and just become a vessel of life. I'm too scared of further embarrassment or ridicule or shame that may come after I take a risk, after I start a new project, after I you know, write my book, launch my book, get into the relationship, get out of the relationship. Whatever it may be, when you realize that you are literally wrestling, you're wrestling with your own divinity, it's a big step. It's a big step to go, okay, what would I do if I stopped wrestling? And the first step would be to just give yourself a break, to take some space, to really take some space and, and, and uncover, uncover, discover, whatever you want to call it, the fact that you have been wrestling, that you have been wrestling for so long that you even forgot what you're afraid of. So for us... To put our weapons down, to really sink into our own hearts, to sink into our, the, the arms of our own inner beloved and say to ourselves, I love you. I'm done fighting. I'm done wrestling. I don't need to know everything that's about to unfold. I don't need to protect myself from every kind of fear and pain or possible fallout that may occur in my life. As a matter of fact, I can't. I know I can't. The whole point of why the wrestling doesn't work because we are continuously trying to protect ourselves from so many possible doom and gloom situations. So just stopping, just literally pausing, taking some time off and allow the space itself to envelop us, the space itself to teach us Allowing the fears to completely come up instead of mitigating them and avoiding them. Allowing our dreams, our fantasies, our daydreams to actually come up again. Because right now, for the most part, we keep ourselves so busy. There's a, main, there's a reason why people don't meditate. There's a reason why people can shut up in spiritual ceremonies. There's a reason why people literally avoid at any cost being quiet. It's not just the fears that scares people. It's the fantasies. It's the daydreams. People do not want to go into their fantasies, into their wishful thinking, because they're so afraid. We have been so disappointed by the world beating us down. We have been so disappointed by the projects, by the partners, by the business partners or romantic partners that have hurt us. Yet we, would, we will do whatever it takes so we don't experience these feelings. And that is literally wrestling with our divinity. There is a dream that's trying to express itself through us. Life has a dream. That's why it split us up into billions of pieces. There's a collective dream that's manifested through our own free will and through our own imagination and through our own empathy and through our own connections. And it is so, so critical that we literally just stopped the wrestling. So I don't know if I gave you a good start. Yeah, 
Yeah, no. I think it's just, like you say, the, the, the first and the biggest part is the awareness of the wrestling. And then the second is, is just shifting that, that mindset, shifting that, um, you know, habit from one of wrestling to one of embracing. Yeah, and, you know, maybe we can maybe even reframe some of the wrestling. You know, we can wrestle right. our doubts. Mm. We can wrestle our fears. We can wrestle our insecurities. Like, you know, knowing that I still have the same dreams that I had 20 years ago. And there's a part of me that just wants to be mature and wants to grow up and wants to give it up. Not to wrestle that and to go, no, there is no difference between now and 20 years ago except... I have a lot more experience. Mm. Adversity is one of the greatest teachers because most of us that have been through different sort of adversities, we know that it always worked out so much better than our own worst fears. So statistically speaking, we can look at hard times. We can look at all these, as we spoke of, the autocorrect features of life and go, wow, life really has been so kind to me. Life has been so... I mean, I don't even... According to my own minds and my own fears, I should be in such a worse place. Most people are barely doing anything. And, you know, they pay their bills. Maybe it's only their minimums or they don't have what they really want. But to the most part, in our culture, in the Western culture, people do very, 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 very little. And we're still safe. And most people eat, yes, most of what we have or don't have has a lot to do with our belief system. Mm. But the world, contrary to what they tell you, the world is a very safe place. It's definitely the safest it's ever been for humans. And it's so much more of a responsibility now, 2016, for people in the United States, for people in the you know, free world, in a way, where we don't have to worry about bombings and terrorism, just like most of the, I mean, terrorism is caught up with the rest of the world yeah. ever since I came from Israel. When I came from Israel at 1994, I mean, there was, it was America was a really safe space. Yeah. And after all these years, except those alarms that go off once in a while, after all these years, America is still a very safe space. But the rest of the world, the rest of, I mean, is being terrorized more and more and more. I think it's right. really up to us right now. And I'm not saying just in America, but those of us who are connected in this way. It's up to us to really, really reframe the wrestling, to stop wrestling with our divinity. And if we're going to wrestle anything, it's our doubts. It's to really recommit to what freedom truly is. Freedom is the opportunity to become and to be what otherwise you never thought you could. Freedom, true freedom, is knowing, knowing what you love, discovering and uncovering what it is that you really, really love, and then having the courage to format your life around it. That is such big vision, such, such big dreams. But what if you knew that your purpose, doesn't matter at what age, your purpose, your vision, your mission, literally is that. It is to format your life around what you love. That is why we have feelings. That is why we are gifted with empathy. I mean, they say that humanity's evolution is empathy, right? It's like, a, yeah. it's true. It's true. We get to just know what the other feels all the time. It's right. something to utilize, not to be abused by. Right, right. And, and uh, you know, I've heard you say it, and, and I agree, because so many people have t said it to me, like, everyone is really empathetic. Everyone can feel what other people are doing. It's just a lot of us numb ourselves down because we don't know what to do with the feeling. And for those who are especially sensitive, it, it, to them, sometimes it feels like their biggest curse, but in truth, it's their greatest gift. Hmm. And you know, back you 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 helped title the show, and you kind of came up with it. Why'd you come up? I mean, why? Well, I mean, we only have a minute for the segment, but um, oh, uh, because of uh, something you had said last weekend about trusting the the adversity. 
Um, and it just kind of struck me that it, it's it's such a wonderful uh, reframing of, of how we look at diverse, adversity because there, there's so much like judgment and opinion and, and, and we kind of make adversity wrong the same way we make like failure wrong but the truth is it it absolutely serves us and and sometimes if we can just take the the judgment out of the word and just say okay well adversity serves us too and and just kind of change how we look at adversity that then when we're experiencing it then it can flow that much more and and it doesn't have to feel as excruciating when we're going through it. And I, I guess we're so afraid too, right? Yeah. That, that word adversity is so scary. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's got that like really bad feelings. And yet we know those of us who have been through tough times. I, I heard something before coming in here. Somebody saying, well, I know it can't get any worse. That's also not true. Most mm. people say that. I mean, it really does get worse when it comes to health and death yeah yeah, things can get worse the the other you know i had a guest on my show once and and there's another related phrase which is you know when you're going through such hard times you say oh there's nowhere to go but up from here (laughs) and and he pointed out that he said on the show i remember it's this guy david ippolito is a wonderful musician and actor he said that's not true you can go sideways (laughs) you know when you reach the bottom you think oh it can't get any worse but just staying the same for a longer period of time in a sense is worse Uh, yeah eventually things do get better but you know we have this misconception that like oh i hit rock bottom okay things have got to start getting better now unless you get sick right I'm just saying. Yeah, absolutely. People have like this idea, like it's all about their career and whatnot. But you know what? No. When we ignore ourselves, when we keep wrestling, guess what happens? We get sick. We don't want to. You don't want to get sick. Oh, how I try to bend and break these rules of mine. Almost giving up, cause I never saw an end in sight all my life been waiting for a chance to break free and we're back speaking of wrestling wrestling with our divinity Uh wrestling with our godliness i mean Mm. again But, but isn't it also wrestling with life Okay. Yeah. Sure. Your your life, right? Yeah. Like that sense of spirit, the yeah. sense of aliveness. Yeah. And I, I think if we just accepted that, I mean, again, for me, the words "wrestling with our divinity," "wrestling with God," uh, you know where I got that from, right? No. And I previously, I previously, recently, just very recently, I'm a 36 year old Jewish guy who I spent the first 15 years. In my life as ultra orthodox religious dude, then I came to America. I dropped it, but then I spent another six years working for the Kabbalah Center in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and they kept talking about the Israelites. That's how they talked about uh, the Hebrews, Israelites, Israel. All the prayers of of Jewish people, they they say Israel. We know the word Israel, but I never really knew where it comes from. What the oh. word Israel mean? Israel literally means those who wrestle with God. Really? Yeah. Oh, that I didn't know. <laughs> right. Huh. I mean, I, sh- I feel like I shouldn't have even give that, given that away. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like a whole show in and of itself. <laughs> For real. For real. Yeah. Those who wrestle with God. Now, if you know anything about the Israelites or just their Jewish history, or look, if you look at the... At the, you know, all the way back, what's the most profound uh, stories in the beginning? It's the Egypt and coming out of Egypt and spending 40 years in the desert. Right. I mean, it's, a, it's the same cycle. I mean, they go out, they ask for a miracle, they get it done, and then they complain a couple of days into it. Right. And they go to Moses and they say, well, that's it. And Moses <laughs> goes and says, all right, we need more help. New help comes in. Mana comes down from heaven. The Red Sea splits, uh, whatever it is. But it's always the same thing. About a week later, I mean, the biggest story is Moses goes up to Sinai and it says, all right, yeah. I'll be back with like the most important document <laughs> in the world. I'm going to give you some real secrets. Yeah. And 
they don't wait for him. That's right. when the whole golden calf thing, and they right. just start partying. They don't wait. They said, "This is this is no good." Right. Now, I, I think as a metaphor for the for humanity, maybe that's why is you know the, the the Jewish nation or Israel in general, and as far as just the big picture, if you look at a bunch of people who continuously wrestle with God, hmm. you know, and when they pray and they ask for something, they immediately get it. But then they continue to just like just turn on God immediately, mm-hmm. turn on each other, and say that's not enough. Give me more. I I don't I don't remember. It's like the Jewish people, well, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> they literally don't remember. Right. They just don't remember where they come from. This, I mean, it's only in our lifetimes that the Jewish people have a country. Right. And it's still such a fight. And what what do you think that you would think that after all this history? Of going around and being killed and blah blah blah. No offense. Yeah. And they would just be happy and celebratory and really be united and just focus on okay, we got ourselves a little piece of of home. Let's acknowledge that it's not ours. Hmm. We just finally decided to put down some roots and take care of each other. You think they do? No. Oh no, they don't. No, no. I mean, in America, we have not that it's a good thing. We have what two or three political parties. Israel has got like 60. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. And they yeah, only know, have like I 7 know. million people there or 6 million people. Yeah. It's a tiny country with 50 political parties and it's all religious. Yeah. It's mm. all different religious groups. Those are people who continuously wrestle with their own divinity. Mm. Now, I believe that there is no separation. Israel is just a metaphor. Israelites right. are a metaphor. The Jewish right. people are a just a certain clan behavior, certain tribe mentality, and the world has such a love-hate relationship with them. Why? Let's 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 face it. Why? Mm-hmm. There's something there's something that's very alluring about. Like now, it's cool to be Jewish. <laughs> it wasn't cool to be Jewish <laughs> no. when I went to the Jewish high school back in Atlanta, just in 1995. Yeah. I remember people asking me what it's like to be a minority. I remember people telling me, "Oh yeah, I know some Jews." Uh, <laughs> that's, that, that's all in you know in yeah. our lifetime. Yeah. There's still many, I'm sure, many plenty of golf uh, courses that don't accept Jews, but mm-hmm. they don't talk about it. I mean, this is a real thing. Now we do the same thing to African Americans. We do. We do yeah. I mean, we still do it to women. Right. It's us. We are continuously wrestling with our own divinity, right. and that's what I really. I don't know if I wanted to talk about this podcast, but I want to keep hammering this point in. Right. That adversity, hard times, diseases, or, you know, these experiences of depression, they're nothing more but a really clear sign that you as a human being, is you're wrestling with your gifts. You're wrestling with the fact that life has a bigger plan for you. You're wrestling with what life is trying to experience itself and express itself through you. Mm. Last week, and this time we had uh, Sky Dyer, Wayne Dyer's daughter, on 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 the podcast. And one of the, the fav- one of the things that he says that I really love, he says, you know, if your fingerprint and your face and the way you look is built into that original little speck of dot that has created you right now, is it that far fetched to believe that your entire life, your purpose, your what's fun for you, what's good for you, is also built in? Yeah, sure, we have f- freedom of choice, we have free will, but it's really all for the reason to gather more experiences and to become even more s- stronger and more resolved and more sure of what it is that we are here to contribute. And we're here to contribute mainly right now by remembering our connection, by remembering that we do have access to this wisdom. We are the wisdom itself. We learn how to speak so we can create. We learn how to speak so we can connect to one another, not just to share our feelings. We say that a lot. We don't have to share our feelings that much. That's really people who watch... uh, People who watch TV all day and ignore each other need to to use words in order to express our feelings. We always know what the other feels if we just pay attention. If we get out of our own head. Right. We get out... You know, there's not... You know, you just sit with someone and you take a breath for 10 seconds. You know exactly what they're feeling. That's just a fact. We did not learn how to speak to communicate feelings. We learn how to speak so we can create, literally, because we do create. There is 
I love New York City. There's eight million people here. I mean, literally just climbing on top of each other. Right. But there's always there's so much power. There's such amazing power. I mean, and statistically speaking, most of the world's money, like literally the world's wealth, is lives between you know on the Upper East Side. Right. Like people, <laughs> no, for, for real. That's not. Yeah, that, yeah. That's not a. Uh, it's it's managed in joke. the financial district, and it lives on the Upper East Side. Right, but if you just look at it as, you know, if you look at money as power to do something with, like money is 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 literally it's raw power that you can use to do things with, and if you look at where we are at, and you see that right now, most of us have been trained to save more money in order to be safe from the world to save more money so we don't so we don't have to do anything so we don't have to get into trouble that's all part of our protective imagination the work that we have right now which is heart opening which is remembering which is coming back to ourselves to stop wrestling to stop wrestling with with our divinity and if you're going to wrestle with anything wrestle with the doubts wrestle with the fear and say hey i'm going to take my money i'm going to take the resources i'm going to use what i have to make a better world it's it's a different mindset it's more of a yeah. heart place it's a heart presence but that's the job mm-hmm. i mean and we go back to the meaning of the word israel those who wrestle with god I mean, maybe Israel needs to change their name altogether. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we have to create a new story. Sometimes we have to tell a new story of origins. And this is an invitation. This is an invitation to anyone that's listening, whether to actually collaborate with us online or to just do it in your own life. I know that I'm going to have to do it with my four-year-old son to really come up with some new stories of origin. Why did we come here? Why are we here? And we need to stop looking at the same books and resources that have causing us pain and chaos and suffering and put them aside and have the courage to use our ability to tell stories, to use our abilities to make meaning and create a new story. Right. It's, it's a big challenge, but we need that it's the only it's the best thing we could do right now. It's yeah. the best thing we could do right now as humans as to mark this time on our planet and go. Let's come up with a new story. Let's come up with a new meaning of why humans exist in the first place. And look at all of our adversity. Look at all of our history. Look at all of the killing. And, and, and you know, if you think we don't rape and pillage anymore, look again. Yeah, We're still doing it all day yeah. long. Yeah. And to find meaning. There is meaning here. Yes, sometimes we have to wrestle with our divinity just to experience our power. And that's okay. Kids do it all the time. My kid is pushing on me hmm. a lot more than I thought that he would because I'm such a good dad. Why is he pushing? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's four years old. Yeah, and he's pushing <laughs> and he's testing. Like of I tell course. him to do something and he looks at me and he says no. And he like has that smile. <laughs> he really wants to know his own limitation. Right. So we've all been consciousness babies. That's human beings we've been wrestling with our own divinity we've been wrestling with our own godliness we've been pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing but at some point we need to raise our arms and start hugging ourselves and start really paying attention that we have created this mess we have put ourselves in this place Right. It's empowering. It's not disempowering. Exactly. And that's, uh, I mean, I say it to people that I work with all the time is that, you know, if we can take full responsibility for everything in our life, for some people that's really scary because they think, oh, no, I didn't create all this awful adversity in my life. But if you do, it's extremely empowering because it means that if you've created all the adversity in your life, that means you can change it. But we have to first take responsibility for it. You know, we have to first first admit that yeah like i play a part in all of this and i can change that part that i play do you do you find yourself doing that in your life i mean it's a trick question but like what does taking responsibility really look like 
I mean, taking responsibility is when that adversity comes, it's, it's, you're not blaming other people. You're not putting it on other people to fix or change, but you're putting it on yourself and saying, okay, what is, what is there for me to learn from this? How do I grow from this? Or, or how do I want to change this? How do I want to see this differently? How do I want to, you know, shift and, and move and dance with this in a way that will serve me better? I, I do wrestle with the concept of self-responsibility in these these days only from the place that I feel like the world really is so much more comfortable with apologies and admitting what we're doing wrong mm. as opposed to taking self-responsibility in the big picture and say, hey, even though short term, some of my actions and behaviors feel like that they could be downright selfish, I... I have a, I, I literally wrestle with knowing that sometimes I apologize and I take responsibility, and I'm using air quotes, I take responsibility literally just to fit in to the current structure, to the current system. Mm. Well, deep inside, I know that also the places that I have been selfish have been so important to me that I would recommend my son to do the same thing. And that's a whole topic we can come back to. Picking up the pieces from this game called life Not every piece has a box that fits just right All my life Those who wrestle with God That's the literal meaning of Israel We can do a whole show about it We're going to have uh, Rob another time reveal some of his... Uh, <laughs> no, he said something that I'll just, I'll just mention about myself. When I came to America and I dropped, when I dropped the Jewish religion, I, I felt anti-Semitic deep inside. Uh, I, I, Jewish people have been my biggest tormentors through my life. I, 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 and, you know, I have to be honest, until I met you and, and got involved with this work, I had practically no Jewish friends. Right. Now they're all around me. I'm like, where are these people coming from? Isn't that funny? And, yeah. and, and my wife, who's not Jewish, has been continuously telling me, when are you going to go back to your people and teach them what you've been learning? <laughs> like, why don't you just actually go back to the same people you grew up with yeah. and share some of the stuff? And yeah, I've, like that feeling of they stand offish, they think they're better than you. I mean, they literally tell you they're better than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, it's drilled into, I mean, look, it's drilled into us since we're little kids. We are, quote unquote, the chosen people. When you're told that from a young age, how do you not get a superiority complex? Which is ultimately an inferiority complex. Exactly. Because I'll always remember I had a, I shared, I went on a retreat with a rabbi, with a very uh, prominent, holistic, actually, rabbi. So he was like the perfect fit. He, he was super religious, but it was also like all about plants and all about uh. me- alternative medicine. And he's got this big retreat center out in Tzfat. And he's all loving and he's sharing it with everyone. But we went on this retreat and he got really deep. And, you know, a lot of times, Jewish people, especially religious people, you get them to a very deep place and they'll tell you, uh, it's the same issue I had with the Kabbalah Center. Again, not everyone at the Kabbalah Center, but people who I knew, that even though they said this wisdom is for everyone and this is all about inclusivity, behind closed doors, <laughs> it was all about being Jewish. Yeah. And it was about, and so this rabbi, I remember telling me, don't you understand that if the human, and I've heard it many other times, if the world is, if the world's nation is different parts of the human body, then the Jewish people are the heart. Now, I've heard that before. <laughs> mm. Rob wants to vomit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, but, but I understand that. Yeah. Like, I've heard it before. They, they sit around and they say that. Now, if that was true, if that was true, and I remember saying that, I said, even if that's true, the heart would never say that. The heart doesn't go around yeah, saying, yeah. I'm the heart, look at me. I'm the heart, look at me. At some, if, if somebody really believes that they're chosen, 
if that is a true fact, that's such a. It, it has to be. It has to be the most. Uh, I was going to say humiliating, uh, humbling, <laughs> humbling fact. If you actually believe that you have some special gift and special powers, and you have a message to spread, if you go out there and 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 and, and show off, that's the. It just builds resentment, and I think that's what the Jewish people have been struggling with. And again, the, the Jewish people is nothing more than a metaphor for me. Like, there is no Jewish people or Muslim people or Christian people. This is just different expressions, the way we tell stories of how we, be, how we belong or lack thereof to one another. So if you look at the Jewish people as a metaphor and go that the positive aspect of the Jewish metaphor is a direct connection with the divine. It was Abraham who went to his father's uh, workshop and broke all the idols says, we're not going to worship uh, external deities because there's just one God, it's called life, and we have a connection with that. And that's where Abraham, like that was the patriarch, right? And Islam, Christianity, it all comes from Abraham. And, and that was it. That was the only message. says, I got it. I don't have to worship an external thing. I don't have to, I can just look at my heart and know that it's true. Then from that they from that second on they it's it's so true to human nature the jewish people or the muslim people or the christian people actually if if you go back all the way to the abraham we've just been wrestling with that fact we've just been truly wrestling with the fact that we have a direct i don't even like to say we have a direct connection we are the connection we have a direct connection it's like on speed dial i mean it is on speed dial when you close your eyes and you get quiet and you just know that life is coursing through you moment by moment, second by second, and it's magnificent, then that's your speed dial. This whole just wrestling, like nonstop fighting. I mean, I spent 14 years in Israel literally fighting, not with my neighbors, with my own classmates. We wouldn't allow other Jewish religious kids in my school because of the color of their skin. I mean, it's what we still do in our society. So when I came to America too, like I, man, I did not interact with any Israelis too. Like Israelis were the worst for me. Like I would hear Hebrew and I'd be like, get away from me. I don't want you to sell me something on your cart and I don't want you to move my apartment and I don't want you to open up my lock. I just, I'm not interested in hearing another hustle and, and you know, you're going to make 50 grand for two days working here and working there and, I just, I was so allergic to all of it, and there was, and I was allergic. I wasn't just allergic to the cockiness. I was scared of it. I was scared of it because it doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right when someone is cocky, especially that I do believe that as a metaphor, as a metaphor to the direct connection, it's something that we shouldn't be messing around with. There is that metaphor that, you know, Jewish people always have bonded, you know, when, before, before, before they die, whether it's because somebody's trying to kill them or just naturally, we always say the same thing. We always say, you know, that Shema Israel, which is a saying that basically says we're all one. So, it, you know, I'm sure it's not just the Jewish people. At the, when we get sick, when we're about to die, we literally just put the sword down. We say, all right, all right, all right. We're all one. Sorry, sorry, sorry for all, all the years of wars and things. We're one. I apologize. We don't have to wait for adversity. We don't have to wait for sickness. We don't have to wait for disease. And, you know, for me to reframe. And maybe until this, and I'm, I just went to a trip to Israel six months ago with my family. And this was the first time in my entire history of, as a human being that I felt at home in Israel. Like, we, and, and there are sayings, I swear, there are sayings in Israel that most Jewish people say there that there's no joy in Israel and Israel is a land that eats its own people. That is an actual saying that people, people say that it's a land that de devours its own inhabitants. It's not the land. <laughs> it's the people. It's definitely not the land. I've never seen the, the, the land open up and swallow people whole. I haven't seen it yet. But I have seen people continuously fight each other and fight each other. I think the best advice that we have for Israel and for our own is to stop wrestling with it. If you, have, if you are aware of your speed dial to God, 
if you're aware that when you pray, things actually happen, then you are connected to the juice of life and therefore the opposite is as prevalent in your life. The opposite, the ability to destroy, the ability to self-destruct, the ability to sabotage, it's as great as your ability to manifest and your ability to create. And just like a battery, a battery only works when you touch both sides, right? A battery only gives power when you have the law of polarity working for you. That's why it's important for us to acknowledge that this wrestling, this wrestling with God that we have, is nothing more but our own desire, by, by our own propensity to connect to both sides. It's when it's unchecked, when it's not guided properly, when we, it, 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 when it drives out of fear that we don't have enough, that we're not connected. That's when all hell breaks loose. That's when we go around literally killing other people who ultimately believe in the same power and the same God, but we argue of the methodologies to get to the, I don't even want to talk about it. It's just kind of strange. So we're making this commitment, this podcast, which will one day a bunch of Jewish people will definitely listen to and, and say, and I guarantee that, I actually guarantee that 99% of, first of all, I haven't met one person yet that I said Israel means those who wrestle with God and say, oh yeah, I know. I haven't, I read it somewhere. I read it on Wikipedia, I think. <laughs> Wikipedia had to teach it to me. <laughs> and it's Jacob or whatnot that he wrestled, Jacob wrestled with God. I mean, oh, I really like imagine you're listening to this and you're Jewish people, you like the Jewish people, you hate the Jewish people or whatever it means and you just have some compassion. Have some compassion to know that Israel is a metaphor for the part of us that's connected to our divinity, that knows that whatever we think about actually happens, whether it's our worst fears or our biggest fantasies. Whatever we believe about ourselves does unfold as our life. Imagine that it's a metaphor for those of us who know that, but are so afraid to fail, are so afraid of ridicule, of shame, are so afraid to be rejected from our current community to be exiled from our current church we're so afraid that we would rather just you know just stick to what life to the minimum to to basically paying our minimums on our credit cards of life instead of making more money and having more abundance and using our powers to help others not just ourselves not just mere survival but help the world embrace our divinity instead of wrestle it.